you have your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. I want to talk a little bit about a road map today. A road map. Not many of us use road maps anymore, do we? Because we have GPSs. And we have maps. And it's really nice to be able to type in uh, an address and actually have someone tell you where to turn. Now, you have to use common sense because sometimes, you know, it tells you to turn left and the sign says, no left turn. So, uh, always trust <laughs> the signs in your, your common sense. But it's wonderful, I think, to have Google Maps and have GPS to direct us. And in a way, we have that as believers. Because if you have asked the Holy, or if you have asked God into your heart through your faith in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is your guide. So the Holy Spirit really is the GPS for all of us. But I remember years ago that we used to use maps. And some of you remember, you know, the Rand uh, McNally atlases that you used to open up. And sometimes I still want to see a, a paper map. I have a new neighbor in my uh, neighborhood, my HOA, and so I was talking to him, welcoming him to Wenatchee. He's from a different state, and he was telling me that he had been the mayor of that particular city, but I didn't know where that city was because it's a different part of that state that I'm not familiar with. So I went home, and I thought, Mo, I wish I had a map. <laughs> so, of course, I used Google, and I got a map up, but it's sometimes nice to have those paper maps. Interesting, Rand McNally was founded back in 1856, 150 years ago, this map company has been founded. Um, and they used to say they're the most trusted name on the map. Rand McNally, the most trusted name on a map. Well, when I want to trust my life, my spiritual life, my eternal life, uh, the life that I have in Christ, when I, when I want to trust somebody to that, I want to make sure it's the most trustworthy source whatsoever. And so that's why we can look to the Holy Spirit and look to the Word, because this is the most trustworthy source. This is not subjective. It always kind of scares me when people say, well, I feel this is what I should do, or my heart is leading in this direction. Friends, watch out for your heart. Because the Bible says it is very evil and will deceive you above all things. Your heart generally will line up with what you want to do, not necessarily what you should do. That's why it's important to be in the Word, and it's important to have the Holy Spirit guiding you through this Word. So I want to give you a roadmap as we begin 2022. I believe it's going to be a great year, and I want to give you the most trusted roadmap ever given. It's not from Rand McNally, <laughs> but many travelers and sojourners have found it to be trustworthy, have found it to be reliable. In fact, everyone who has followed this roadmap has never lost their way. They've never deviated from the path. They've never ended up on a dead-end street. All the people who have used it have been completely satisfied. And it's a road map that will help you and help me through this new year. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 3. You know these verses well, but I pray the Holy Spirit will enlighten you in a new way as we read his word. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. 
but in all your ways submit to him and he shall make your path straight. Well, will you read it out loud with me this morning? Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Let's read it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. It's hard to trust sometimes, particularly when we don't understand. It's easier for us to lean on those things that we understand, but the Bible says, no, no, trust in the Lord. And not just a little trust, but a complete trust. Notice it says, with all of your heart, trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. If you try to figure out how tithing works, you'll never figure it out in your own understanding. If you don't have enough money to pay your bills, how can tithing to the Lord first help you? It doesn't make any sense. You have to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. It says in all your ways, submit to him. Now submit means that we need to obey. We used to sing that old gospel song, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. You have to obey. It's not enough to trust, you have to obey him. We glorify the Lord when we obey him. You can know the way, but if you don't submit to it, you're heading for disaster. It's only as we obey that we can claim the promise that says, and he will make our paths straight. I love in verse 6 this idea of a road map. Really, I got from this word ways. In all your ways. Now, Waze is a cool app. Maybe some of you actually use the app Waze. I love to use it over in the Seattle area. It's real time. Man, if there is a car parked on the shoulder, you will see that car parked on the shoulder on your app and on the road. It's Waze. And here we see that word Waze, and it really does speak of a road. And we're all travelers on this way, isn't it? And as we look at this text, I want to point out really three things, which won't surprise you, right? Three things. And the first is, how does this scripture help us when we meet the difficulties of this life? All of us will meet difficulties. All of us will be challenged this week. Have you noticed that? I mean, it doesn't matter whether or not you're fully committed to the Lord. We live in a sinful world. Good people get sick. Good people lose their jobs. Sometimes this highway leads us through difficult times. In fact, Job said in Job chapter 5, verse 7, and I don't want to be pessimistic here. I'm just being realistic. Job said, man is born unto trouble as sparks fly upward. In Job chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. There's going to be trouble. <laughs> I read about a guy this week who constantly drank. He just, alcohol soothed his feelings, you know, for that small bit of time. But he drank to drown out his troubles. 
And he was asked, after you drown them out, why do you continue to drink? And he sighed, well, you don't know my troubles. I try to drown them, but they swim right back. And that's really, however you try to numb your feelings because of troubles is not really getting to the source. You've got to have an inner strength that only comes through reliance upon God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't drown your troubles out. You can't prevent them from coming. The secret is how do you meet your troubles when they come? How do you deal with them? How do you deal with the difficulties of life. Well, our human response in verse 5 here <laughs> is to lean on our own understanding. That's our human response. But the roadmap we're looking at says don't do that. Don't lean on your own understanding. Now, the word lean, if you kind of dig into that a little bit deeper, it's very enlightening because it means to support one's self. If I come over here and I lean on the piano, what am I doing? I'm supporting myself. So what are you leaning on? Are you leaning on your bank account? Are you leaning on the government? Are you leaning on your spouse? Are you leaning on your feelings? Are you leaning on your health? Lean not on your own understanding. When difficulties come, we often try to face them and deal with them, you know, in our own strength, in our own way. And nothing against Frank Sinatra, but that song, My Way, really stinks. You know? <laughs> I've done it my way. That is nothing to brag about. Believe me. Good song, nothing to brag about. Not, not biblical at all. We try to solve our own problems, don't we? We tie some kind of knot on a fraying rope. And we think, man, all, all we have to do is hang on. We just have to hang on. And when you lean on your own understanding, when you try to support yourselves in that way, you generally create more worry, more anxiety, more discouragement, sometimes even depression. And you end up staying in the valley, ne never getting over the hill. Because, friends, there are difficulties in life that you will never be able to solve on your own. You'll never be able to handle on your own. God allows them into our life so that we will rely on him. So that we will lean on him. There are times that we, end, that we reach the end of our rope. And difficulties have a way of exhausting our strength. Just <laughs> draining us of our ability to even to cope. I like what Dr. Walter Smithson, a psychiatrist and director of the Central Psychiatric Center of Cincinnati, Ohio, said. And he said, quote, self-made people, people who have come from nothing to build outstanding careers, are at higher risk for suicide, especially when they're about to face disgrace. And it's the self-made phrase that caught my attention. <laughs> because self-made people are self-supported people. 
that's why I enjoy talking to people that say, well, the only reason I have ever achieved anything in his life is because of the grace and the help of the Lord. See, there's someone that's relying upon the Lord, not trying to solve their own problems. Sometimes the Lord does give us more than we can bear. I know you often hear people say, well, remember, God will never give you any more than you can bear. That's not biblical. That's not biblical at all. It's a misunderstanding of a verse that says, God will never allow you to be tempted without a way of escape. But I know in my life, God has often allowed me to carry much more than I could on my own. And he's done it because it's a test if I'm going to lean on my own understanding or lean upon him. If we could handle everything on our own, friends, we wouldn't need the Lord. I don't know about you, I need a burden bearer. I can't handle it on my own. And the Bible says don't even try to bear your own burdens. Don't try to face your own difficulties on your own. That's why there's a heavenly resource. You don't have to rely upon yourself. Instead of leaning on your own understanding, what does the Bible tell us to do? Trust in the Lord. Four simple words we have to remember going into this new year. Trust in the Lord. I love that word trust. Particularly as used here in the context of our text. Because it speaks of hastily running to a refuge. Not as a secondary or maybe a third option. Run hastily. The first thing you and I should do when difficulties hit is to run to our refuge. And our refuge is God. He is our refuge. We have that refuge we can turn to. Moses told the children of Israel, check it out, Deuteronomy chapter 33, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are his everlasting arms. Run to him, friends. He's your eternal refuge. He'll always be there. And he'll lift you up on those eagle wings. Listen to 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 3. The rock of my, or the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield. He is the horn of my salvation. He is my high tower. He is my refuge. He's my savior. He saves me from violence. I love that. That's who God is, our high tower, our refuge. We can trust in him. The psalmist said it so well in Psalm 9-9. Write it down if you're taking notes. Psalm 9-9. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge, a strength in times of trouble. Psalm 46 says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. He's with us as we go through difficult times. So to trust the Lord this year, as the scripture says we should, we have to do what Peter did. Remember what Peter declared in 1 Peter chapter 5, 7? He says, cast 
all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Are you carrying your burdens today, or are you casting it on the Lord? Cast them on the Lord. He's got his arms open. He says, come, I'll give you rest. I'll help you. I'm your refuge. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Some of us just need to know we're going to make it through another week. Man, I, I, seriously, the last couple of days, I have had so many phone calls and texts. Pastor, I've tested positive for COVID. Pastor, I won't be in church. Pastor, I'm sick. And I'm thinking, man, it's almost like I could expect another email or another text or another message. And I'm thinking, wow, how are we going to make it through this? And then I thought, well, that's what you're teaching on tomorrow morning. We're going to make it through it by keeping our eyes on the Lord. And the Bible says if we're running to him, he will sustain us. He will see us through. And no matter what difficulties, burdens, trials, sicknesses, we can trust the Lord with all our heart. <laughs> we can turn to him, run to him as our refuge. Great hymn we used to sing when I was a kid. What a friend we have in Jesus. Now listen to this, because this is really a stanza that says so well what I'm trying to teach you today. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Let's cast those things upon him. Let's not try to <laughs> carry them ourselves this year. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to him. Last verse says, are we weak and heavy laden? Are we cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Well, I'd encourage you, friends, listen to that old hymn this week. Let the biblical theology of its words just marinate in your heart. Do your friends despise you? Do they forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms. That's what the Bible says. He'll take, he'll shield you. You'll find a solace there. The second road sign, the first... <laughs> We talked about is when we have difficulties. The second road sign that also starts with a D is devotion. How do we maintain that devotion? When we hit those difficulties and we do the things we're instructed to do, how do we maintain the devotion of life? Because, friends, one of the dangers we face on this highway of, you know, our spiritual life is losing our fire. Losing our fire. It goes out. We grow cold. 
Today's prayer focus, I hope you're following along on the 31 days of prayer this week. Today's focus is that the Lord might revive us, that our spiritual temperature might go up a notch. We need to be renewed. We need to have a more fiery devotion to the Lord. It's been said the older you get, the colder you get. That doesn't have to be true. It does not have to be true. Charles Spurgeon once said, we need red-hot, white-hot men who glow with intense heat, whom you cannot approach without feeling that your heart itself is growing warm, who will burn their way in all positions straight on the desired work. Men like thunderbolts flung from Jehovah's hand, crashing through every opposing thing till they have reached the target aimed at. Men impelled by omnipotence. Most Christians, friends, don't lose the wonder of it all. That God so loved you that he sent Jesus to die for you. That he saved you. He filled you with the Spirit. He's been faithful to you. We need to fan the flames, friends. We must stay on fire for God. We can't allow the fire that we have for God to burn out in our lives or in our church. We need to maintain that devotion if we're going to trust him this year. Now, how do we maintain that devotion? Notice from our roadmap, Proverbs chapter 3, that keeping our red hot heart involves, first of all, our personal walk with God, our acquaintance with God. I take that from the word acknowledge. Acknowledge. Now, depending on what version you use, you might not see the word acknowledge. It might have, uh, you know, an, a, another English synonym. <laughs> hey, I said it right that time. <laughs> Couldn't say it last week, but I got it this week. <laughs> a synonym for acknowledge. The word acknowledge speaks of knowing a person. So trust, acknowledge, you have to know that person. It's an intimate relationship. It's not knowing about God. It is knowing God. And there's a difference, friends. Do you know God? Or do you just know about him? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're to be growing every day. Not just in grace, but in our knowledge. We should be enlarging our knowledge. We should be enlarging the ability we have to sense the presence of God working in our heart and life. Man, even when you can't see it, you need to trust him. Sometimes it's impossible to see God's hand in your situation. If you can't see God's hand, trust his heart. Trust his heart that he's working for you. Eliza Hewitt was invalid most of her life because of a, a spinal condition. She suffered a lot, this poor lady, and out of her experiences of suffering, confined to bed, 
she developed this intimate relationship with, with the Lord that was beyond the norm. Eliza Hewitt wrote another old hymn. And when you think about a lady who is bedridden, who's in pain, <laughs> who has spinal problems, you'll appreciate the words to this hymn that she wrote years ago. It says, more about Jesus, let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. An invalid in bed, yet she expanded her relationship, her knowledge of God. So when I speak about expanding your knowledge or your acquaintance of God, I'm talking about your personal relationship. I'm talking about learning more and more about him. And that knowledge is essential to have that, that red-hot heart to maintain the devotion. Someone said of learning, no, uh, he who has no inclination to learn more will be very apt to think he knows enough. <laughs> he who has no inclination to learn more will be very apt to think he knows enough. If you and I cease to learn, whether we've served God for five weeks or 50 years, if we cease to learn, you will become contented and complacent and the fire will burn out. As we learn more about the Lord, the more our hearts will be drawn to him. So there's this idea of being acquainted with God, but there's also this idea of being aware of God, which comes, I think, where it says, in all of our ways, in all of our ways. See, see that's not only knowing about God, it's becoming aware of God. When you're in the fiery furnace, like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, are you aware of the fourth man? Or are you too concerned about the flames? When you're in the lion's den like Daniel, are you aware of God? When you're in ER, you're being hospitalized because of COVID, are you aware God is with you? Are you aware of his presence? Not just aware that he said he would be with you, that's knowledge, are you personally aware God is with me? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me, God. I can feel your presence. Man, that's what I want all of us to have. An awareness of God. There's nothing that we do that God is not included. There's no way you'll go anyplace that God's not going to be with you this year. Our whole life, if you committed your life to Jesus, he's the center of your life, and he's going to be with you. Oh, it's, you don't come to church to find the presence of God. You bring the presence of God with you. The reason we feel it more is because there's more people here. We're two or three are gathered together. We know we're going to feel that presence. But the presence of God is always with you. 
Man, he should be the first person you think about when you wake up in the morning. You know, the first person. He should be the first in your life during the day when you face a challenge. It's just to say, Lord, I know you're with me. Will you help me? Boy, the last person on your mind when you go to bed should be Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for helping. When we acknowledge the Lord in that way, and remember we're talking about awareness now, we're saying, man, it is the rule of my life to do nothing without God's participation. Make the Lord a part of everything you do. Don't leave him out of a single element of your life. That's what the roadmap tells us here, is to not just trust him, <laughs> but in all your ways to submit to him, to have that awareness. The last road sign I want to talk about for just a few minutes is uh, the word decisions. So we've talked about difficulties. We've talked about devotions. I want to talk about how to make decisions in this coming year based upon our roadmap. Our roadmap is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. You should memorize it. You should write it on a sticky note and put it on your, your mirror or your refrigerator. I, I think it's really important for us not only to memorize this, but to live this. What do you do when you need guidance? Direction. Well, verse 6 says, if we will submit to him, he will be the one that makes our paths straight. New King James says, shall direct our path. I like that, to direct our path. He directs it. The Bible says the steps of righteous people are ordered of God. He orders our steps. Sometimes he orders our stops. But he's directing us. And the highway of life often will bring us face to face with really important decisions that have to be made. And the promise of God here, friends, is that God will guide and direct you. You're not on your own. Psalm chapter 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I need to know the way I should go. And Psalm 32 says, God will instruct me and teach me. And then it says, he will counsel me with his loving eye on me. Now, I love those adjectives that are used in the scriptures. It doesn't just say, he will counsel me with his eye on me. Because that would kind of make me nervous, like he's watching to see if I'm going to trip up. <laughs> but it says, he'll counsel me with his loving eye on me. See, that shows you God's heart. He will counsel you with his loving eye on you. And then the psalmist goes on to give this great testimony in Psalm chapter 48, verse 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide to the end. <laughs> it's great to hear that amen from one of our senior adults. You know... Because he 
is at the end of his journey, yet he still knows that God's with him and God's guiding him. It's not just for children or teenagers or young adults or middle-agers. It's for all of us. God's with us forever and will guide us to the end. John Oxman wrote, Not for one single day can I discern my way, but this I surely know. He who gives the day will show the way, so securely I will go. Now let me, let me uh, read that again. Not for one single day can I discern my way. But this I surely know. He who gives the day will show the way, so securely I will go. We can be secure. Knowing that God is going to lead us. God's going to guide us. Another person once wrote, he does not lead me year by year. He does not lead me day by day, but by step by step, my paths unfold. He's leading our steps. So whatever decisions you have to make, the Lord will direct your paths. So in closing, I just want to point out a, a couple things about the paths of the Lord. It says he will direct our paths. There are proper paths each of us need to take as the Lord directs us. The reason that some of the translators of Proverbs 3 said he'll make our paths straight. Now, NIV used that. He'll make our paths straight. King James says he will direct our paths. But let me tell you why they use the word straight. Because if you study the word direct in the original language, it speaks of that which was straight or even. The Lord always directed in straight paths. He never led people wrongly. And you never have to fear him leading you in a way that's going to bring hurt to you or bring harm to you. His paths are always reflective of his nature. Straight and godly. So he'll direct your paths, and his paths are straight. That's why NIV says that he will make your paths straight. They're proper paths. If you look back in Proverbs chapter 2, verse number 15, it says, whose paths are crooked... Now, it's talking about those who are devious in their ways. And it says, they whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So compare the wicked and their crooked paths of Proverbs 2.15 to the godly who are trusting the Lord in Proverbs 3, where it says, our paths will not be crooked, they'll be straight. Crooked also means distorted. And friends, left to our own feelings, our own <laughs> devices, we will choose crooked and distorted paths. It's just the way our nature is. We want what we want. We want to satisfy our feelings. If it feels good, just do it. Oh, just trust your heart. 
No. We need to make sure the Holy Spirit is directing us not only in paths of righteousness, but straight paths. And also this word direct, this is really cool. It carries the idea of prosperity. The word direct carries the idea of prosperity, which means if he directs your paths, they're going to be prosperous paths. That doesn't mean that you're going to be a millionaire. It doesn't mean you're going to have perfect health. But it means you're going to prosper. <laughs> you're going to have joy. You're going to have peace. I mean, the best path through life is the Lord's path. And if you want to live a prosperous, or want to travel, I should say, a prosperous road through this coming year, you need to be willing to let the Lord direct your paths. Even if you don't understand them. All you have to do is look at those who chose the crooked paths in Proverbs 2. And you'll see what happens. And it's not pretty. I think of that promise that God gave us in the Old Testament through Joshua. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on a day and night. So that you will be careful in everything written here. So important. Then, Joshua 1.8 says, you'll have prosperity and you will be successful. We all want to be prosperous. And the way we do that is to let the Lord direct our paths. A road map for 2022. Let's read it again. Proverbs 3 Read it out loud with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Let me give you a brief summary. You're going to have some difficulties this year. Use this roadmap when you meet the difficulties. Don't rely upon human understanding your human resources, but look to God, the heavenly resources we have. Maintain your devotion. It's important. Maintain your love for God. Maybe some of you need to have that rekindled through the power of the Spirit. But it's our acquaintance with God and our awareness of God. Did you get that? Our acquaintance with God and our awareness of God that's going to help us maintain our devotion even through difficulties. And then the third thing that we learned today from our roadmap is when we need to make decisions, <laughs> make sure that we make them according to the Word of God, that they might be proper paths and that they might be prosperous paths. I'm excited about 2022. I don't know what the year is going to bring. I didn't know what this week was going to bring. I don't know what today is going to bring by the end of the day. But I know God is with us. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to be our guide. And he's given us a good road map. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Adam and the team are going to come back out. We're going to have one closing prayer. And then we'll dismiss you.
Again, I just encourage you, we're going to continue to meet this week, but just be cautious. Use common sense. We have a lot of people uh, out with illnesses, and we don't want to uh, spread that. Keep your friends in your prayer, and if there's somebody that I uh, mentioned this morning that uh, is sick, that does have COVID, why don't you be the hands of Jesus to them? Why don't you call them this afternoon, write them a note, uh, take them a meal, Let's minister to one another. Amen.